Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Garden Chapel Youth Group Podcast. I'm glad that you could join in with us. My name is Pete Rineski, and with me is Jacob Brink, our pastoral intern, and we are catching you up on our youth group Sunday school class. Today, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 15. So, Jacob, what are some of the main concepts and ideas in today's section that we need to talk about for teens? Yes, so in Luke 15, it goes over three different parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. But before we get to those parables, we see that uh, Jesus was uh, talking to the tax collectors and the sinners, and he wasn't turning any of them away. And the the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were kind of almost looking down on Jesus. They had this self-righteous attitude where they were like, why is Jesus going over and talking to them? Why is he taking time out of his day as a teacher to go and speak with these people that they believed were like the the lowest of the low, these dirty, rotten sinners, but Jesus wasn't turning any of them away. So we started off with like, our, do we do that as Christians? Do we look down on people? And like, how can we be like Jesus and ultimately go and uh, share love with these people who need to hear the gospel just as much as anyone? Yeah, and unfortunately, we can tend to be a little self-righteous. And there are definitely people groups that we tend to look down on, um, whether it's people trapped in some sort of addiction or sin uh, we might look down on them in a negative way there. Uh, for some people, it's looking down on people of other races, and that's that's unfair to treat them unfairly that way. Uh, God has created us all with value. He's created us all with uh, importance, and he loves us all as part of his creation, and he wants us to come to him. And that's kind of what you're seeing here in Luke chapter 15, right? Yeah. The uh, outcasts of society are coming to Jesus they're looking for something, which we'll talk about later here in today's um, podcast episode. But um, so what does Jesus do with the Pharisees? So, yeah. So after uh, the Pharisees kind of make their complaint, Jesus shares these uh, three parables. And it's important to remember that these parables are not perfect analogies. They're not uh, word for word, like every single thing in this parable relates to something else. He's trying to just get across a main idea which was ultimately showing like the Pharisees need to have an attitude of joy for these lost people that were coming to him and accepting like Christ's good news. So this first parable that uh, Christ goes over is the parable of the lost sheep, where we see that one of the, uh, out of these 100 sheep, one has been lost and the shepherd goes out and searches for this lost sheep. He leaves the other 99 and goes and uh, searches and looks for this lost sheep. And when he finds them, he's like super excited. He's uh, rejoicing that he's found this one lost sheep. And I think this is like really cool to see that like not only is the shepherd super earnest in bringing this uh, this sheep back home, like that's how both we should be towards uh, these lost sinners. We should be earnest in looking for them and like bringing them back home. And also that like Christ is earnest uh, in bringing these lost sinners back home as well. He's actively searching for them. And just like we should be in our daily lives searching for these lost people who need to come to Christ to understand that they they need to hear just as much as we do. Yeah, good. And what's interesting is, and you have a note here just simply that, you know, he leaves the 99 sheep to go find that one, which, again, it shows value of that one sheep to the shepherd. He he cares about each and every single one of his sheep. He wants them to be home, to be protected. And then the reaction of the shepherd is, he pulls his friends together when he finds that sheep and brings it home, and they all rejoice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree, man. Jesus does actively seek us out uh, as lost people because why? He cares for us. Uh, in fact, you know, you have down here in Romans 5, 6, which simply says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
showing again, we didn't deserve this. This is something God has done out of his love and out of how he values us and wants a relationship with us. So, um, all right, so let's, let's move on because he doesn't just stop with this one illustration in the parable. He continues on with a very similar parable. So talk a little bit about the next part. Yeah, so this next parable talks about how this uh, woman loses uh, a coin and she searches the whole house. She uh, she sweeps it. She's like looking constantly for this coin. And when once again, when she finally finds this coin, she rejoices. She's excited. Like it's a it's a great celebration that she found this one missing coin. And it kind of relates to uh, just how like all of heaven rejoices when the lost are found like it's not just like us that rejoices but it's all of heaven as well and that we contrasted this to the religious leaders who as these tax collectors and these sinners were coming to christ they were finding uh this uh sense of good news this ability to come to christ the religious leaders were not excited they almost had this sense of oh well they're not as good as us which uh definitely should not be what they have gone to they should have been excited uh, the same way that all of heaven is rejoicing, the angels were rejoicing as these lost were coming to Christ. That's the same way the religious leaders should have acted and the same way that we should be acting too. There's nobody that doesn't deserve to hear Christ's love. Good. Yeah, and it's it's that self-righteous attitude that we can easily fall into because as a Christian, one of the key characteristics as a Christian is humility, putting others before yourself. Um, in this case, this story, the Pharisees are saying, well, these people don't deserve mercy, grace, forgiveness. They don't deserve love from God. We do because we've done the the best stuff around. And in the parables, right, you know, it's just the lady, the shepherd, they're looking for the one lost thing that has value to them, even though they have others to replace it. Um, But then it's, yeah, that attitude at the end, even these first two stories have interpretations to them, right? Jesus says, this is like this. Uh, the angels in heaven rejoice over one who's found. The father rejoices over one who's found and brought back. So yeah, that, that attitude, you know, God, it, God values everyone. He's happy. He's joyful when people come to him. Yet the Pharisees were unlike that, which unfortunately showed that they really weren't a part of God's family because they didn't have those characteristics. Yeah, and I think it just goes to show that Jesus was making it very clear that repentance is important for all of us, whether they were the worst of the worst sinner in terms of the people's eyes or the religious leader. The religious leader needed to hear of uh, Christ's good work and repent just as much as those sinners did. Yeah. So let's move on to verses 11 through 32. This is the, the parable of the prodigal son. And just remember that this parable is supposed to be uh, compared to the other two that have just been talked about, they all carry the same uh, idea and concept. This one just goes a little bit further. So, Jacob, t- talk to us about the prodigal son. Yeah, so in the story of the prodigal son, uh, the the father has two sons, and the younger son decides, oh, I want my father's inheritance now, and he asks his dad for his inheritance. He goes off. He spends it all. He pretty much uh, wastes his entire life doing foolish and crazy things. And then when he finally runs out of money, he is, he's broke. He doesn't know where to go. He's pretty much homeless on his own. He, he goes so low that he has to go and eat and sleep with the pigs. And finally he realizes, what am I doing? At least like my father's servants back home are treated better than I'm being treated. So he runs back home. Uh, he just wants to go to his father like merely as a servant because he realizes he messed up. He realizes that uh, he could return to his father. And when his father sees him, 
The father runs out and greets him and is excited. He throws a party that his lost son has come home. But that older son, the other son, is almost like bitter. He's upset that they're uh, throwing a party. He comes to his dad and says, why are you throwing a party for your younger son who went off and did all these foolish things? I've been here the whole time. I've been working for you. And you haven't treated me this way at all. And the, uh, the father reminds him that you've been here this whole time. Like, I've had you. I've gotten to be with you. But your brother, he was lost, but now he's found. And that's something worth rejoicing over. I mean, there's so much to pull from here is, you know, the, the first half of this story, the son leaves, does his own thing. He follows his own desires, which, to be fair, you read any of Paul's letters <laughs> in the New Testament that's where we start off following our own desires, following our passions and lusts. And, uh, you know, we see this son go off and do just that. Um, when he comes back, like I, I loved what you said here. It's a complete, complete change of thinking. He, he goes from understanding what he's done, the sin, the heaviness to realizing, Hey, I, I can't even ask my father to be a son anymore because of what I've done to him. This is wrong. Uh, I'll, I'll go back as a servant. Maybe he'll take me back then. Um, and, you know, when I was reading over this again, it just brought out this idea of Matthew chapter th- 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Those of us who realize where we stand before God in our true sinfulness, uh, we're accepted into the kingdom because why? We, we understand our need for that forgiveness, for, for that Savior, but it's the self-righteous, which is what, what's interesting here, because that second part is the comparison. that It's not found in the other two parables uh, or the other two illustrations. The older son sees himself as, and you can't see it, but air quoting, obedient, uh, right? He sees himself as obedient, but yet he's not. And I like what you said. He's far from the father's heart. And that's where the re- religious leaders are. They didn't think they needed Jesus. And in fact, they're going to go on to kill him later on but uh yeah it's pretty intense here of what we learn in these uh in this parable here today so jacob talk to us a little bit about what we can learn from all of this yeah so ultimately like i feel like we can see that jesus wanted these religious leaders to have joy for the lost like he he wanted them to realize they had no reason to be complaintful or self-righteous but like every reason to be excited and overjoyed these people were coming to christ like they were going to get the share and these, uh, in the blessings that uh, they were as well, like if they were truly following after what the Lord's uh, like wishes were. And I think each parable just shows that like it's important that we need to repent and come home to the Father. Like we need to make sure that we're making that decision first and foremost. And then once we have that real relationship with Christ, that we need to be happy and excited when anybody that's lost is found, whether it's so your best friend or the worst of the worst sinner that you can possibly think of. Like we should be happy when any of them come to Christ because that's why we're here. Like ultimately, like our duty after we have accepted Christ is to share God's good news with everybody. Like that is what we have been called to do. Like we see that in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 that we're to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. So we should be excited whenever anybody comes to Christ. Yeah, and it's it's pretty much just if people are valuable to Christ and he cares so much for them, they should be valuable to us. And that's kind of what we see here. Um, let's let's talk about the brothers. Uh, what can we learn from the brothers in, in the parables? Yeah, I think we should kind of look and uh, ask ourselves, like, which brother do we really think we are? Like, are we 
having, like, do we have repentance? Do we realize that we've messed up and we need to come back to Jesus? And then do we have joy and are we excited for others? Or are we like the older brother who's more self-righteous and has kind of been caught up in his old way or this, this pattern of, oh, well, I've never uh, done anything that bad or I've always followed Christ's rules. Like, why should I be happy for that person? I'm better than them. Like, so it's really uh, good to check and see, like, are we like that older brother who is self-righteous and figuring out a way to get out of those old patterns and find ways to be excited for others when they come to know Christ. Good. Yeah. It's, it's all about our attitude. Uh, we need to address that and we need to regularly check that in our life. Um, you know, uh, so let's talk about a little bit. Why do you think the tax collectors, the sinners were coming to Jesus? What, what was drawing them in toward him? And then of course, you have here, you know, what draws us to Christ? Um, so let's let's just talk about the tax collectors and sinners first. Yeah, I think it's really cool to see that Christ wasn't turning anybody away. Um, he was welcoming in anybody. And I'm sure the tax collectors and the sinners saw that. But I believe they also recognized that they were wrong. Like their actions that they were committing. Like Jesus was making it very clear that like all sinners needed to come to him. And they were probably recognizing, wow, like some of these things that we're doing aren't right. They aren't... Uh, lining up with what God's word says. And that probably drew them to Jesus. And that kind of the same thing for us. Like we should be drawn to the fact that Christ doesn't turn any of us away. He's welcoming. He has his arms open, kind of just like the father in that parable, the prodigal son. And they, like he's running to us with open arms in the same way. Like we should run with open arms to Christ because he's accepting and loving no matter what we've done. If we come to him with an attitude of repentance. Yeah. There's no bit, there's no uh, sin too big that would disqualify you from the forgiveness of, of God, right? You know, he died for all sins. And I highlight that with little kids and highlight that with teenagers too, because why we do some dumb things <laughs> in life. But the fact of the matter is when we recognize that God is accepting of us, he loves us. He cares for us that he's willing to forgive because why he died for all of it. Um, it should draw us to him a little bit. We, we should have that, that desire to be close to him. Um, because of exactly who he is. Um, okay, and then let's just talk about what are some of the applications that we can learn from today's passage about the Pharisees, the prodigal son, the lost sheep, the coin. Yeah, I think it's really important to see that like we need to have joy. And like that's just been kind of like the, the hitting point in this whole entire uh, section of Luke 15 is that we should have joy when anybody comes to Christ. We shouldn't think of ourselves as higher than one Christian or lower than another Christian. Like, we all have like equal rights and like we're all a part of Christ's family. And I think that's something that's important to remember is that like we shouldn't consider ourselves better than somebody else. Like we should be excited and overjoyed when anybody comes to Christ. And I think that was like pretty much the main point that the Pharisees should have been learning from this parable. And also to just be repentant ourselves. Like if we've made mistakes and we've messed up, come right to Christ and uh like he the same way that we just talked about a minute ago, like he's waiting for us to repent. It's not like he's uh going to shame us or be disappointed. Like if we come to him and we have that like attitude of repentance, he's going to accept us back. Yeah. And, and recognizing our self-righteousness or self-centeredness, asking God to forgive it is a good way of showing humility. It's, it's humbling yourself before God, realizing, Hey, I need to change. Um, and then, yeah. And then the one thing I'm just going to point out is, you know, in, in these, in this passage, you know, you talked about joy in, in others coming to Christ. And then there's also the responsibility of our call of bringing people to Christ. 
Um, you know, the, the shepherd and the lady went looking for the coin, the sheep. Uh, we get that. Usually we compare it with Christ, but it can easily fit us in there, too, is we need to go looking for others. Uh, we need to value others enough to go after them, uh, to share the word of God with them and, and be good seed sowers in in our lives. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's part of our ministry, part of our call found in Matthew chapter 28. You know, go into all the world and make disciples. Um, is there anything else you want to add then in today's lesson? Yeah, I think we pretty much hit uh, almost uh, the points, but kind of just a closing one is like, we talked about how much should people be worth to us? Like, we should be making sure that we're like, we have a work, our val, I'm going to restart that. <laughs> kind of just one point that we uh, closed out with is like, how much should people be worth to us? Like, if this is our call to go and share the gospel, like having people or prioritizing people to come to Christ should be our number one focus. Like, so anybody should be evaluated us, like all people. We shouldn't shame one person or, you know, maybe like be exalting another person. Like all people should have worth in our eyes. And that's kind of like just the driving home point that we made is like people should be worth everything to us because they are worth everything to Christ. Like Christ came down to die for each and every one of us. So why should we be the people to, you know, oh, not include somebody or, you know, fan uh, over somebody else, like all people should have worth. Yeah, and that's a really good point to go out on today. Uh, we want to thank you guys all for tuning in to our Garden Chapel Youth Group podcast. Uh, we want to encourage you to come out in person on Sunday mornings from 930 to 1030. You can join Jacob Rake as he continues to go through the Bible, uh, studying some various passages.